Today I'm talking about a very important issue related to sexuality and what the devil doesn't want you to know and what you must know to protect yourself. I'm also talking about the first human-monkey hybrid ever that's been developed here in the last couple of weeks. And I'm also answering questions such as, where do unbelievers go? When they go to hell, where are they? Do they come back during the tribulation? Is the Bible sexist as it relates to women? And why does it matter what the United States believes about Israel? I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm going to talk today about a very important issue related to sexuality, something the devil does not want you to know, but you must understand to protect yourself spiritually and emotionally in the area of sexuality. I've been doing a series of programs on sex in the end times. This is the final episode, and next week I'll begin a new topic. And so I want to once again remind you of our Vision Retreat resource. It's our Vision Retreat guidebook, and you can get that $7 off right now. It's visionretreat.com, and the promo code just put vision. We'll give you $7 off. It's a great resource for your marriage. If you have a Vision Retreat every year, I promise it will take your marriage to the next level. So that's available there. It's on visionretreat.com. Now, let me talk about uh, sexuality uh, in the end times. We're living... There's never been a world like this. There's never been a world with pornography in little kids' hands on playgrounds on a telephone. Uh, never. There's never been the bombardment of sexual deception and per perversion like we see in the world today. And that's an end time sign because Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot when he returned. Of course, Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah in the midst of you know rampant immorality. And so immorality is a sign of the end times and we're, we have a world that's unparalleled. Well. As Christians, there's something that we need to understand about sexuality. What I'm going to say to you in this program is probably something you've never heard before, but it's something that the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth about sexuality to protect themselves. Now, sex has been decontextualized from marriage in our society. This is the worst thing that's happened. This, this is what the devil has tried to do for, uh, for millennia, but is to take sex outside of marriage and decontextualize it where we just go out and have sex out here and you know if we get married fine but even then you know a lot of people are not moral anymore as far as being faithful to their marriages because of the changed changing views on sexuality and so i want you to understand what the bible has to say and marriage is a covenant relationship and sex is the covenant seal and sign of marriage i'm going to talk to you about the importance of this spiritually and emotionally what happens when we have a casual attitude about sex, it devastates us personally. And I'll show it to you in Scripture here. But let me read you Malachi 2. And this is God speaking to the children of Israel about marriage. This is the second thing that you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying, so he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Okay, there's the word covenant there. She's your wife by covenant. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. And so God is saying here, when you bring your offerings to me, I'm not accepting your offerings. 
And the reason I won't accept your offerings is because of the way you treat your wife, the wife of your youth. You're, you're being disrespectful toward her. You're treating her treacherously, which also means being immoral. And, and uh, she's your wife by covenant. The word covenant is bereath in the Hebrew, and it means to cut. You don't make a covenant, you cut a covenant. If there's not blood, there's not covenant. And so covenant is a permanent sacrificial relationship. Marriage is not a piece of paper. Marriage is an act of the Spirit of God. Notice here it says, didn't he make them one, giving them a remnant of the Spirit? In Matthew 19, Jesus says, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And so when we get married, the Spirit of God takes us and bonds us spirit to spirit. But it is sex that seals the covenant of marriage. Sex is the covenant seal and the covenant sign of marriage. In other words, it's sacred. It was created specifically for the purpose of making covenant between a man and a woman. This is something that all of us need to understand. But again, we have taken sex, not we as believers, but the world, the, the media. They, we have taken sex and taken it away from marriage and made it into a recreational sport over here, and it's devastating people's lives. The world is devastated. The disease, the heartbreak, the broken relationships, and more single households than ever before because people are over here having sex anywhere they want to have sex uh, outside of the marriage union the way that God created it. And so let me talk about covenant for this minute. So God came and he made a covenant with Abraham and he cut him. Uh, he cut him on the foreskin. And all the males of Israel on the eighth day after they were born, they were circumcised. And God said, when I see the circumcision, the sign of circumcision in the men of Israel, I will remember the covenant that I have made with you. However, if I do not see circumcision in the male children, I, I will not. I, the, that person is not circumcised has to be cut off from his brethren. There's this crazy scripture where uh, Moses, God seeks to kill Moses because he will not circumcise his son. And his wife, Sipporah, who is not a Jew, she despises the entire concept of circumcision. And so once the child is circumcised, Zipporah actually takes the foreskin, throws it at Moses, said, you're a bloody husband to me. I resent the fact that you're sitting here cutting our child. But that was a part of the covenant. Okay, So the covenant seal and sign of the Abrahamic covenant was circumcision. So listen, the, the seal means it seals the deal. The sign means it's an ongoing sign of good faith. Remember, Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. There's no blood, there's no covenant. So Jesus didn't come and pay money to uh, ransom our lives. He paid his own blood. And he came and made a new covenant. Well, what is the seal and sign of the new covenant? Water baptism is the covenant seal of the new covenant. Mark says, Jesus said, if you're, whoever uh, believes and is baptized will be saved. He commanded, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So salvation and baptism go together. We have to be water baptism, water baptized. It seals us into the covenant, the new covenant of Jesus. Well, what is the sign of the new covenant? It's communion. Uh, when we take communion, the bread and the cup, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So the covenant sign of the new covenant is communion. And every time we take communion, what we're saying is, I remember, Lord, I remember your body, your blood, what you did for me. I also remember the commitment that I have made to you. And so, and there's a huge blessing. 1 Corinthians 11 talks about that. There's a huge blessing that is released to us when we take communion. And so spiritually, it's a huge blessing because it is, again, part of the, the new covenant. 
So in the marriage covenant, um, we are one together spiritually. Once we get married and we have sex, and sex is what consummates that union, sex is also the covenant sign of marriage. Every time you have sex with your spouse, you're not just doing it for pleasure, you're also doing it to say, I remember. I remember I made a commitment to love and cherish you for the rest of my life, to, to give my life to you, to be faithful with you. And by the way, if you know uh, anything about you know sex and, and the physiology of human beings, hundreds and hundreds of very powerful hormones and chemicals pour into our bodies when we have sex. Vasopressin, uh, oxytocin, all kinds of important hormones, powerful, that bond us together, that create pleasure, and uh, again, help to enhance uh, the covenant of marriage. So sex is the covenant seal and the covenant sign of marriage, and it's sacred. Listen, when it comes to covenants, God is very passionate. God is very, very passionate. Let me read you this scripture. This is from 1 Corinthians, and the Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians about sex. So let me put this in context. When Paul showed up in Corinth, there weren't any believers. Uh, he was on a missionary journey. And so Paul showed up in Corinth, and they were heathens. They were pagans, and they were very, very immoral people. And so Paul begins to teach them about sexuality and about how to forsake their immorality and come to Christ and to live morally. And he's going to show now a mystery. This is what the devil does not want you to understand about sexuality. And, and because even if you're a Christian and you're faithful to your spouse, this still applies to you if you had an immoral background, like I had an immoral background. Okay, so this is 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, first of all, I just want you to notice here that our bodies don't belong to us. Our bodies... And according to Psalm 139, God created our bodies in our mother's wombs. And it says here, the Holy Spirit is in us and we have been bought with a price and that we belong to God and we are not our own. Why is that important? Because in the world that we live in today, our society says, this is my body. I'll do anything with it I want to do. I'll sleep with anybody that I want to sleep. I just want to remind you, every single human being is going to stand in eternal judgment before God. And that attitude is going to go away real quick when you're in the presence of God. Listen, I saw on television, I saw this woman. She was a part of a, of a, uh, a, a protest. And this was uh, before the Supreme Court. This is a protest, and she was protesting for abortion because they were considering outlawing abortion. She's, she's saying about abortion and a woman's right to choose. She had a, uh, an arrow on her T-shirt pointing down to her reproductive organs and it said, this belongs to me. In other words, her reproductive organs. This belongs to me. Have a newsflash for you. It does not belong to you. Your body, every member of your body belongs to Jesus Christ. And he has, because he paid the price for us, he has every right to tell us what to do. And we will stand in eternal judgment before him for that. But let me talk about today. 
okay, before eternal judgment. And, and by the way, God's a forgiving God. When we make mistakes, He's a forgiving God. So I'm not saying that there's not grace for sexual mistakes because we've all made mistakes. But the attitude, the attitude that the world has is no one's going to tell me what to do. This is my body. I'll do anything with it I want to. Well, the Apostle Paul kind of dashes that theory right there. But here's what he says. Don't you know? Don't you know that your body is a member of Jesus Christ? That, that if you've been baptized into Jesus, that you're a member of Jesus Christ? And don't you know that when you have sex with a, a woman, that you become one with her? Listen, that you become one with that person? Because so it says they too should become one. They too, through sex, shall become one. It's called a soul time. We are not animals. We are human beings made in the image of God, and our sex organs are connected to our souls. They're connected to our spirits. We're body, soul, and spirit. So when we have sex with another person, we become one with that person. Now listen, so you go out and have a one-night stand with a prostitute or one-night stand with some guy or some gal, and you have that one-night stand. When you leave them, they don't leave you. You take a part of that person with you. And a pastor used uh, this illustration in trying to get people to understand soul ties. When you have sex with another person other than your spouse, it's like putting duct tape on carpet and you have sex with that person, and then you leave that person, but you still have carpet on the tape. Then you come and have sex with another person, and you leave that person, and part of them is still with you. There's still carpet on the tape. And then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. And then finally, there's so much carpet on the tape, it won't stick any longer. And this is when a person becomes incapable of intimacy. See, the purpose, remember, it says, I made them one, having given them a remnant of the Spirit because I want godly offspring. I want mom and dad to be faithful to each other in a lifetime marriage so they can raise healthy children. This is what God said in Malachi. I want healthy children. But when, when we become immoral, what happens is we become so emotionally compromised with soul ties that we are incapable of bonding to that person. Now, some of you may be married, you may be married for five or 10 years, but you were, maybe you were married before, and maybe there's still a part of that uh, previous marriage still with you, and you wanna get rid of that. I wanna tell you how to do that. But it also might be that you had affairs, that you had sex with a number of people outside of marriage, maybe even inside of your marriage. And what happens is those people are a part of you. Every other sin that a man commits, he commits outside of his body. But when you commit sexual immorality, you've actually changed the nature of your body. Now you've added a person to your body. And I believe that even pornography can do this to a certain extent of introducing all these people into my mind, into my emotions, that it compromises me spiritually. Sex is sacred within the marriage union. Sex is the covenant seal and the covenant sign of marriage. And so this is something that God created to be special between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. When you take it outside of that, it has devastating consequences. Let me talk about soul ties for just a minute. If you want to break a soul tie, let's just say that you realize that you were immoral and that you have something uh, is, is inhibiting you from being intimate with your spouse or, or with anybody for that matter. You need to repent. Who was the person that you had that relationship with? And repent means turn around. It means change your mind. 
that stop having this casual attitude that you have about sex and taking it away from God and away from marriage and you come back to God and say, God, this is my body uh, this, and this is your body, that I, I dedicate my body to you and I repent for taking my sexuality away from you and away from the covenant of marriage and just using it any way that I want to. So you repent. That's number one. Number two is you break off relations with that person and remove any memorabilia. Uh, there was one guy that had an affair with uh, another woman other than his wife, and I was counseling he and his wife, and it, they just were an impasse. They weren't making any progress at all. And she said during the counseling session, she said she he has many pictures of her on his telephone that he will not get rid of. And I, I, I confronted him on it, and I said, are you kidding me? And, and the whole problem was he couldn't decide whether to stay with his wife or whether to leave with this other woman. And I said, you're kidding me? After all that you've been through and the hell that you put your family through, you've got pictures of her on your telephone. And he said, well, they're too special for me just to delete. Well, you know, you probably don't want to hear my response. I wasn't very happy at that point. Well, he did delete them finally. And his wife, the, their marriage healed and they're doing fantastic. He had to break off that relationship, not talking, anything like that. You may have a previous spouse that you have to see because of kids or something like that. Be careful and be accountable in those situations. When you have a soul tie with someone, there's natural gravitation, even in your thought life, that you fantasize about that person because they're still with you. Okay. The third thing is forgive that person if necessary. Uh, that you, you repent, you break off the relationship, and if they're, you need to forgive them. Maybe it was that they seduced you or, or molested you or something like that. Break off the soul time. By the way, I do believe that even molestation can sometimes create, over a period of time, it can create soul ties if there was abuse going on like when you were a child or something like that. So you have to forgive that person. Ask the Holy Spirit to break the soul tie. Holy Spirit, you're the only person who can go into this part of my being. And I pray that you will go in and remove all the carpet from my tape, that you will renew me, that you will, that you will renew my sexuality, uh, and in the name of Jesus, I break every soul tie with any person that I've ever had sex with other than my spouse. And when you do that, and sometimes you need to do that multiple times, maybe you do it every day for a period of time, but what that does is, is it breaks off of you all of those unhealthy soul ties that are compromising your sexuality. And I want to say, this is what the devil doesn't want you to know about sex. The devil doesn't want you to know that sex is the covenant seal and sign of marriage that seals a man and a woman together in a lifetime bond so that they can have children and raise those children in a healthy environment. When you take sex outside of that, it's devastating. Look at our society. It is devastating people. And what I'm saying is none of us are perfect. All of us live in a fallen world and all of us are fallen sexually, but we can come and dedicate our sexuality to God and live our lives before God accountable uh, in, a, in a covenant uh, mentality and in a covenant relationship. I hope that this helps you. We're going to go into the subscription part of our program now. If you're not a subscriber, go to endtimes.com. You can subscribe for $7 a month, $77 a year. We would love to have you as a subscriber. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned. We're going into the next segment. <music> 